NHL Fantasy. Hey, what's going on, Shelfies? This is Top Shelf Fantasy coming at you. We have uh, podcast number 206. It is August 9th of the year 2022. We have the NFC East preview. Uh, we have our, um, our news and rumors coming out this week. We have preseason actually showing up on Thursday, real games outside of Hall of Fame games. So there's a lot of news to uh, get into and get you prepared for your drafts with one of our other division previews again, which is the NFC East. Uh, go ahead and find all of our articles and everything that we are going to put out our uh, draft kit that should be up soon uh, on topshelffantasy.com and see all of any other updates on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at topshelffantasy. Uh, first bit of news uh, Kareem Hunt wants to get traded. So that's going to be fun to muddy the water somewhere else if he does, in fact, get traded while the Browns have said that they do not expect to trade him or told him he is not going to get traded. I tend to think the player will get his way. Yeah, I mean, we've started to see it a lot more. And before I get into that, I want to say we also got Mike Mahoney on the line with us today. I subbing in for Scotty, who's down uh, wherever the hell he is working. But to go back to Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the players are getting their way more and more often. If I'm Kareem Hunt, I think you're more you're more inclined to sit it out, right? Because you're like, I'm a running back. We get hurt all the time. I can't get a contract if I'm injured. So I get his point of view. He's also getting older. I mean, he's not old by any means, but NFL running backs get old quickly. And, you know, they, they turn a corner pretty quick. So I don't blame him. Uh, but does he have that much leverage? I don't know. Who We'll see. Because, I mean, you still have Nick Chubb waiting in the wings. Dearness Johnson did fine in, in limited role last year. Uh, I think they brought Duke Johnson back. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. But they've got enough guys there that they don't need Kareem Hunt. I'm sure they'd love to have him, but they don't need him. I believe Duke is in Buffalo now. Um, so that's that's not there. But they do have the uh, they have De'Aaron Johnson and then that, like, scat back that can also play slot. Um, blanking on his name right now. But uh, Felton, I think. Yes, Demetri Felton. I believe it is. Yep. yep, Felton. Good call. So um, there's that. And, yes, sorry about that. Mike Mahoney, thank you for joining us today and subbing in. Um, Thanks for having me, boys. How do you feel about the new Deontay Johnson signing? Uh, I feel like it's a Miller drop um, with his buttery hands over there. I <laughs> don't hate it, though. I mean, he when he does catch the ball, he does well with it. It's just a matter of him holding on to the ball that becomes the issue. Um, but they got a pretty good wide receiving core <clears throat> over there in Pittsburgh. And <clears throat> realistically, he is the last wide receiver of that class in the first was it the first round or first and second round to I think he's I think he's second round but yes that whole draft class was mostly second round wide receivers they all come out to be studs and making 20 million a year yeah except for uh Nikhil Harry who is probably done with football for the rest of his life after his uh so ankle injury I went and actually did the math that uh with the first and second round picks and I didn't include Marquise Brown because he was already off the board but at 32 the Patriots had an 85% chance of hitting at wide receiver. Yeah. And I mean that, that's been a problem for a long time in New England. 15%. Yeah, that's I mean that sounds like Bill Belichick though to be honest with you. So is yep. can't draft wide receivers you just can't do it. I also heard a stat the other day that there's been one player drafted by Bill Belichick in his entire career that has made the Pro Football Hall of Fame, 
and he just got in with Richard Seymour. So out of all the years coaching for Bill Belichick, he's had one player he has drafted himself that has been made that has been sent to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that's uh for a coach of his, you know, skill level and stature, that's uh, probably not the best look for him. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. But, I mean, obviously we know Tom Brady's getting in. But, but, I mean, he's been coaching for 30 years. You'd think, you know, you'd have a little bit more guys. But I guess on the same side, it's always kind of been that team approach. Like, Teddy Bruschi's not a Hall of Famer minus all the Super Bowls. You know, he wasn't like an elite. He wasn't Brian Urlacher and and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's interesting. I would have thought at least, you know, two I don't know. I don't know if he drafted Ty Law, but I mean, so here's here's what I want to say about that, because I, I do agree. He, he's been a terrible drafter. Like, let's get that out of the way. That's what my thought process is. But it is the beginning stages of, of I think, the players that were on the Patriots teams that will be like starting to get nominated. Um, it just so happens that one of them was, you know, a 25 year NFL player. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, there will, there will be players like Adam Vinatieri's getting in. Um, I wonder, did he draft Ty Law? I would guess so. Yeah, I mean, I would there, too, but I can't guarantee it. Adam Vinatieri's getting in now. Um, here's the other thing. So, I'm just going to list you off a list of names here, and you tell me yes or no. What do you think on Hall of Fame in the future? Come down the road, Aaron Donald, yes or no? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, JJ Watt, yes or no? Yeah, yeah, he has like a lot of records. Yeah. Okay, and then you have have somebody that was drafted by Bill Bellow, who you think probably not, but leads the league in sacks since 2010. And that's Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones. Jones. Yeah. See, he, he didn't do it with got, us, though. <laughs> he right. didn't do it with us. No, he didn't. But however, he was drafted by Bill Belichick, and he leads the league in sacks in the last 12 years. But you don't put his name up in the Hall of Fame ballot like you do J.J. Watt. Or, but did he win a Super Bowl? I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know if he did. Jones? Yeah. I don't. Know I would. I would honestly to... have to think that he did. Well, it, I, mean, I wouldn't guess, but like I don't know for sure. He yeah, I, I think he came. Came. But, but JJ Watt never won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, and, and most of the defensive side. I don't want to say this like like it doesn't matter winning a Super Bowl, but there's a lot of if you can if you're a pass rusher and you can put up stats, you're going to make the all fame. Like it's yeah. it's on the defensive side, they look at more attributes or or stats than than uh, accolades. But um, we digress. We digress. Yeah, back to the Deont- Deontay Johnson now has a hip flexor injury. Yeah. Uh, Great sign. Signs the contract, sign. gets hurt. Yeah. yeah, that's just can't par for the course. I mean, not, not but, a coincidence there or anything. But this <laughs> is what his whole career has been, and he just plays through injuries all the time. So um, I, I don't expect him to miss time as early on. But also, even, I didn't even mention either. Season, he'd probably still play. I was gonna say I didn't mention either. That's like two year extension for thirty six point seven million. I think that's kind of a good deal for both team and player. Just a couple year extension. You see what he's got. You see what he can do with the kind of hodgepodge quarterback situation they have going on there. You're not tied up with him for a million years. You know, it makes him easier to trade if you realize, you know, you're in uh, kick the can down the road mode more than you think you are right now. So I don't know. I'm pre- I pretty, I'd be pretty happy with that team or with that deal if I was a Steeler fan. Well, they, that's a very team friendly deal, too. Yeah. Realistically. So that's what, 18 a year? And then you got to think people like he's obviously not the same, but people like Debo Samuel just got his three year, $71 million deal. Yeah. So right. it's like, you know, that two for 36 is not a bad, yeah. not a bad look. It's, like I said, as long as he can hold on to the ball, though. Right. 
for real. It is the best one that has been signed uh, so far. Um, definitely not Christian Kirk. Um, <laughs> so another, another wide receiver in that draft class, Marquise Brown. Uh, Speedy Gonzalez goes 101 miles an hour and gets arrested for, I believe they called it criminal speeding, something like that. Um, but let's all be honest with ourselves. Who hasn't gone 101 before? Right. I'd have to brush up on the law, I think. In our neck of the woods, we just call that reckless driving, and we all know that's like a 30-day suspension and you're on your way. So if it's anything comparable to that, this guy can afford a driver for a month. I'm sure the team will offer him one. He won't see any. He won't see jail time. He didn't hurt anybody. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't doing drugs. He didn't have any tertiary charges. So I don't think exactly. this being a big this issue. Is, yes, we need to play this down. People may have Marquise drop in drafts for whatever reason. I mean, you think about – uh, Alvin Kamara punched a guy in the face, you know, eight months ago, and he's still not having his hearing and getting suspended this year. So, right, just just don't overreact. Marquise Brown will be fine, and even if he misses a game or two, which he shouldn't, it wouldn't be this year. Right, exactly. Um, now this is the time of the year that everyone starts to have these ticky tack injuries, um, and there's been hardly any major major ones outside of the Tim Patrick one so far. Knock on wood, um, but Jameis Winston did have a a pretty bad foot injury that they were very concerned about for a little while. I was following it, and it has come up kind of okay. So he'll probably miss some preseason time, but um, he avoids a major issue. I find that to be positive news because without him, that team is that team is in trouble. Right with him on the field to start of the season last year, they looked. Fine. I wouldn't say they were home run hitters. The first game was, you know, kind of an outlier, but they looked fine. As soon as he was off the field, nobody there can play quarterback. So good that he's still on the field. Good that he's not going to play in preseason. Good all around. Let's Mekhi go Becton. with next Makai Becton. Now, this yeah. is not a fantasy football player. However, this affects a lot of fantasy football uh, players. You know, yeah, I mean, have absolute mauler of a offensive lineman no longer on the field and uh, like a stalwart on that team. Right. And he did have some injuries last year and we were hoping that we could see him in and help Carter in the run game yeah. uh, for the jets. Um, and of course they, they bring in Brees hall. So, so, you know, they're, they want to run the ball, yep. but here we are. Yeah. And you don't have, if you don't have offensive linemen, especially on the edge, you can't run the ball. It just doesn't happen. And he's, for his size, like freakishly athletic, like he can get out on those toss plays. And even on a screen, he can head downfield. Like he's got a few highlights under, or, you know, on his belt that will surprise you. So that's a big, a big hit to the Jets O-line, not only in the run game, but also for protecting Zach Wilson. And I mean, we saw him getting plastered last year and now you're probably looking at more of the same. Completely agree. Uh, he has the potential to be, Possibly a Trent Williams someday if he if he can yeah. get it, keep it together. But I mean, he, yeah, he's injured every year, isn't he? So far, so far, yeah, two for two. It's a shame. You're right; he is still very young. He just got drafted, but wasn't he? He was a very high pick, though. So it's a shame. They had high high hopes for him coming out of the draft, and he just yeah. hasn't been able to stay healthy. And that injury sounds awful. Yeah, I have no idea what the word is that they used, but he broke his kneecap. Yeah, he, was it like a patella or something or other? Uh, I don't know. It's like you, you start with a U, um, but it, it it doesn't sound good. It's not like a dislocated kneecap like Pat Mahomes had, and he was back in three weeks. Though it, it, it sounds like the thing is cracked, and 
when you're 380 pounds, you, you kind of, kind of need your knees. Um, so unfortunately I don't know what's going to happen, but either way, I think I knock the, the jets, a, a run game just a tiny bit, uh, because you had that expectation. He was going to be there. Um, moving on, I'm going to add to, to this, um, I have, uh, JK Dobbins has come off the pup which is great news because we had heard that, you know, when you talk about knee injuries, he had one of the most gruesome ones last year and, and it was taking him a really long time to get back. So passing a physical and getting off the pup is great news for JK Dobbins. And the other back in that backfield, Gus Edwards is still having issues and is, has been listed as doubtful for week one of the regular season. Uh, so that backfield is starting to clear up to see what's going to happen week one. Um, as a week ago, it looked dire. Yeah. Um, they're also talking, I want to circle back to the jets about signing Dwayne Brown, which would be a great addition for them. If that happens, I'm back up on the jets, but yes, sorry. <laughs> Not you and your offensive line. Uh, yeah, sorry. And it's an avulsion <laughs> fracture in his knee. I found it. Avulsion fracture. Yeah. Don't know what that is. He chipped, a, he chipped a piece of his knee off. And look, that's I'm going to be completely honest with you, given the fact he's uh, offensive lineman, that could be a major, major, that could potentially be one of those injuries he comes back from and doesn't actually ever come back from. Yeah. 100%. Like he'll come back and play, but he will not be the same player. He, there's a good chance he might not be. I agree. Um, Craig, you want to move on to training camp rumors and believe or not to believe? We do have a few other things to hit on. Mike Evans has his yearly hamstring injury. I so skipped wanted, Mike Evans wanted to go over that. Uh, and then uh, I don't know who it was that put it in, but it is good uh, to, to note some things. Uh, Jakeem Grant, uh, he's had a scary injury today. Um, he he uh, tore his Achilles, possibly. Uh, and then David Moore uh, also has an injury going on. Uh, now, which David Moore... What from team is he on? From the from Bears. The Bears. Okay. Yeah, right. Right. Well, yeah, so, that, that, well, that wide receiver. So that's the thing. That's another wide receiver from the Bears down at this point. Because I'll tell you what, if you got Darnell Mooney right now, you are looking real good. Yeah, except the defense yeah. only has to guard one guy. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're not you're not wrong about that. But he's going to get, I mean, what's he getting? 14 to 17 targets a game at this point? Yeah, he's got to. And Fields, Fields allegedly loves him. But I saw a lot of video on Fields struggling in camp too. So whether he can hit him or not is a different conversation. Well, yeah. it's funny is I've actually heard that Fields has had a huge uh, uh, uptick in his skill level. Skill level, thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, I heard he's doing well. Uh, yeah, maybe, see, that's what I hear when I look at the uh, I look at the Bears beat reporters, and then I look at other people like nationwide, and they're like, "Here's a video of Justin Fields missing a guy by a mile and a half in the yeah, friggin' end zone." I wonder what it looks like for the Patriots outside of New England when we're roasting. We're roasting them internally, right? Oh, it's <laughs> regionally. Surprisingly, from from what I hear, um, they're actually not as down on the Patriots as um, inside fans and reporters, given the fact that look at what the Patriots did last year with their subpar offense as well. Like they still had that middle, the middle of the season for the Patriots was one of those, like they went on a long run and they're like, you guys got to remember that you still have Bill Belichick and this is still a possibility. You know, us as Patriots fans are sitting here like, well, do you see the team that we have? Yeah. I mean, we won 10 games pouting like little brats, like some franchise would kill for 10 wins. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's a, 
that's a whole nother podcast. I'd hate to be a Lions <laughs> we fan. We can get into. Uh, what's that? A Lions fan? Yeah, I'd hate yeah. to be a Lions fan. Yeah, hard pass. I hate to live in Detroit. Speaking of Lions, uh, as you're listening to this podcast, go check out Hard Knocks because that is out tonight. Yep. You'll see uh, Jamal Williams crying in the huddle. <laughs> He's a fun guy. What are you talking about crying? He was crying. You see, it was. I just saw it on Twitter. It was like a clip from it. He's crying about losing. Uh, oh, one more really? thing. Any updates on uh, Matthew Stafford's elbow? Yeah, he's fine. Thank you for mentioning that. He had. They have said tendonitis. Yeah, um, they have, which is a which is a problem for a QB. I'm not going to lie to you. He's an old guy. He's got tennis elbow. He'll be all right. Tennis elbow. I I gotta say, it's a concern. You know, it's absolutely a concern. When you hear when you hear uh, 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 not just a muscle issue, muscle issue, but a, a soft tissue issue in your throwing arm is is that's bad, man. Uh, and, and and it it could go away, but it is one of those things where it can be like you know what Todd Gurley's arthritis was, and it could just show up at any given time, and we'd have a problem. Yeah, so, I mean, as a guy who's had tendonitis in my elbow, it's really just like arrest it and you'll probably be fine. And I think me and Matt Stafford are probably similar ages at this point. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, his <laughs> yeah. his his arm has all the muscles. That you're so so is he going to be that old guy that I see walking around in jean shorts and those Nike Air Forces with the with the flex band around his elbow? <laughs> I think he just showed up to camp and he was hyped to have Allen Robinson. He's been slinging the ball to him. Probably took more reps than he was supposed to and overdid it. A little rest. Mm. He'll be all right. Hey, he's gonna. I think Allen Robinson could have a huge year this year. Oh yeah, he's, he's in really a situation could. to do it. Yeah, but if he yeah, doesn't this absolutely. year, then he's all done. Right. <clears throat> well, he's still under contract, that. right? He's I've always been a. I've always been a big believer in Allen Robinson just because he's got uh, route running ability, and that's if you can get him in the right system, he's going to thrive. How's right. that worked? How, how's that worked out for you, Craig? Well, his best quarterback of all time is in well, Matty Portal. So I mean, we can't. He was also on the but, Bears but, with one of the most, in my opinion. Uh, overhyped and inept offensive coordinator I coaches. I don't disagree with you, which is why I'm saying if you have Matthew Stafford who can actually throw the ball and you still can't do it, yeah. well, then I think that's our answer. I, I, I find that's a fair criticism. However, uh, I'll say there, there's a there's a chance that I've heard Odell Beckham gets back to the Rams, and if we have a down fantasy season for Allen Robinson and and it's because of being you know a muddy uh, wide receiver room um I don't know how much I can attest to his actual ability that's but, fair but for fantasy football purposes I get it you want the guy to play so you can start him in your lineups um all right we need to get to training camp rumors um and this is where we're gonna I'm gonna ask you guys if you buy or sell what the beat reporters are trying to sell you uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are to be on a pitch count slash pit split carries this season. How, what say you, Mr. Dows? I buy that. Um, I don't know that it's an even split, like 50, 50, like how it was last year. I think you probably lean a little heavier to Javante. It's close to a split, like a 60, 40, but Melvin Gordon, there's no reason to take him off the field and just ruin Javante and overuse him. He's the, he's shown you no signs of needing that sort of, uh, kid glove treatment. So by all means, split them close to even. I think you continue to have success and you should have even more space to run with Russell Wilson. So uh, keeping them both on the field as much as possible, in and out, keep them fresh, smart play, Denver. Michael? I'm going to agree in that aspect. Uh, I do think that they will be on a pitch count and I also think a lot of it has to do with 
longevity. I think that they see that they have a really solid back in Javante Williams and they don't want to be that team like the Steelers or the Vikings or even, you know, the Titans at this point. Well, the Steelers, when they, well, you can count Najee at this point, but when they had Lev Bell and the Vikings with Dalvin Cook and the Titans with Derrick Henry, who they have one back getting 300 plus carries a year, and then they just break down. Like if you split time and they're on a pitch count, well, he might have a little bit more longevity. And if they really like the guy, that could work out in their favor. All right, I'll leave you off with this. I also buy the news. I think that you don't uh, just give up on a 28, 29-year-old running back that still has it, and this is the glaring part for me. Nathaniel Hackett is the head coach. Who was his running backs last year? Aaron Jones, who should have been the number one guy, and A.J. Dillon, and they have he has a history of a split backfield. So in my mind... I don't think that you can scoff at this. Uh, right. So this is something that people should pay attention to. Um, next up, Traylon <laughs> Burks continues his struggles and is now is now having trouble learning the playbook and is working with the second and I saw third team. Mohan, you want to take this one first? Yeah, uh, I'm going to buy it. I just think the hype was a little too much to start. Um, I think it's a possibility. It's always a possibility coming out that the hype's huge. And uh, some people are cut for it. Some people aren't. Some people take a little bit of time to get used to it. And I think it's just one of those things where he has the natural ability to be able to do it. Maybe just not as pro ready as they thought he was going to be right off the bat. Yeah, um, I agree with pretty much everything you said there with the added points that Traylon Burks had work ethic and study issues all through college. He was like very notably not a great student. So this doesn't really surprise me in any in any aspect whatsoever. So it's very, very easy to believe that he's struggling to learn the playbook. We've seen visually him struggle on the field and working with the second team is a demotion immediately. Plus, they just listed um, Nick Westbrook-Akini on the top of their depth chart for their first depth chart release. So it's tough. You've got a lot of bad looks for a pretty highly drafted and highly touted receiver. And then to top all of it off, the Titans' offense is not that hard to learn. It's uh, what Shanahan zone-style blocking system, uh, blocking scheme. So I don't really know what the issue is. I mean, on 90% of the plays, Derrick Henry's taking the ball. So turn and block kid. like figure it out. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you I, I, the reason why I buy it. I bought it a long time ago. And like you had said, with the work ethic issues, the actual NFL combine stats were glaring. You saw this guy run 22 miles an hour in Alabama against Alabama. Um, in college last year and then he comes up and shows out at a four five five forty. Uh that's not not okay with me. So I've been buying a while now that he's been struggling. Um it, it does does he figure it out? Maybe. I don't think it's year one. I don't think you go buying him right now. Um and you know he's a he's a dynasty player in my opinion for this year. Uh next up we have do you buy Isaiah Pacheco getting the passing down work for the Kansas City Chiefs as in practice they are saying he is getting all the work. 
Yeah, I mean, I get, I buy him getting it in practice. I believe that they want to work that part of his game because CEH uh, and Rojo haven't really done that very at a very high level for their careers. So even though CEH was fantastic at it in college, I really don't know what's happened there. But all that aside, they need somebody to do this. I mean, this was the kind of Jarek McKinnon role they hoped for him to fill that he, you know, kind of sort of did fill, didn't, you know, excel, but did a fine job. So they need somebody in that mold. And if I'm buying players, especially in Dynasty, deep stashes, you have a long bench or a taxi squad, I'll buy into Pacheco and stash him for a bit because anybody that's involved in the KC uh, pass attack, I, I want part of. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I bet he – I do believe that he is in camp and practice getting the work to up his game in that aspect for the fact of – CEH hasn't really been the healthiest back um, since he came into the league. Um, I mean, you guys have been saying it for weeks, and I'm going to agree with you here. Rojo gets his time, and he just can't seem to prove anything about it. I mean, he fumbles the ball like crazy. Uh, Jarek McKinnon did show out in the playoffs last year. However, he is – he's got to be, what, 27 at this point, 28? I'm not entirely sure how old he is. but 30. I'm not mistaken. I think I had looked it up the other day because I was looking at Kansas City backfield and I thought I had seen that he was 30 years old. Okay, so he's getting to the end of his time. So I think it's one of those things where they might be having, you know, McKinnon kind of mentor him because he is McKinnon, 30. Yeah. Jared, Jared McKinnon has always been that good pass catching back out of the backfield. Um, but he just, I, between switching teams and getting injured, I think you guys got to have somebody else lined up to be able to do that. That's, you know, you got to be, you got to be prepared for everything. And that backfield is not my favorite backfield in the league at this point. So you might as well get the, the rookie some work and see what he can do. All right. Yeah. Well, ask this final question on this topic is Isaiah Pacheco, a 2022 fantasy producer. Yes or no. Uh, No, he's not even, he's an RB five probably. Uh, I'm just for the sake of you saying no, I'm going to say yes, only based on the fact that I think if CEH goes down, I think Pacheco gets some work. I, I, I was projecting him as an RB5, even including CEH's injuries. Oh, boy. Um, I'm, st- I'm still Yeah, I'm still going to say yes, just based on the fact of CEH. I, I just don't think Rojo has it, and I think that they will learn that fairly quickly, and I think it's one of those things where it could be like a Ramondre Stevenson type of ordeal. Oh. Throw him in, throw him in, and see if he has it. And you know, if he does, then sweet. If he doesn't, then no, no hard foul sitting him for this year. I will say I have. I think that there's something to what you're you're saying, Mike. And I will not get Pacheco for 2022. However, in Dynasty, I'd be more optimistic because I do think there is going to be a time next year where he's more involved in CEH. So, so yeah, let me rephrase. I'm not running out to get Isaiah Pacheco. However, I am, if like you said, in Dynasty, if you happen to see CEH go down with a lingering injury of some sort, you might want to consider taking a look to see if he's available in your league for the aspect of maybe they give him that shot. And then who knows, maybe he blows up and works out. Yep. 
Absolutely. Anything can happen. You've seen it before. Um, all right. Next up, uh, we all saw the Hall of Fame game and all shook our heads at the Raiders backfield. Sadly. Um, so the, 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 the rumor is that uh, Josh McDaniels is not looking to trade Josh uh, Jacobs. Uh, so in this part, do you buy or sell that the Raiders are all in on Josh Jacobs or do you think that uh, Josh Jacobs, because they're trying to sell you that they're all in on him? Do you do you believe that or not? I buy the fact that he's not being traded because McDaniels is a chip off the Belichick coaching tree. And how often have we seen Belichick trade, you know, producible starting running backs very infrequently? I don't think McDaniels would sway on that, especially where his system requires like 10, you know, producing running backs. So I buy him not being traded. Um, I however would sell them not talking about it because again mcdaniels and belichick probably hear every offer for every player on the team and if they can get the right package back why wouldn't you uh i am going to buy the fact that he's not getting traded however i have never been a fan of jacobs only he just gets drafted so high in every year in the leagues that i play in at least and for whatever reason, they continue to do it, and he's either running with lingering injuries or he's just – he floats around the high RB1 low – or, excuse me, low RB1, high RB2 range, which is fine, but he's not at the top of my list for, like, that first running back to draft off the board personally, and I've never had the opportunity to do so. Maybe that's me avoiding it, but with McDaniels there as well, I mean – we're Pats fans. I've never trusted a Pats backfield right. and I'm not going to trust a McDaniels backfield in Oakland either or in Vegas. Excuse me. Totally understand that. So um, the, the media is trying to sell that he is, he is going to get traded and they can't trust him because of the hall of fame game and all that. So I am going to say, in my opinion, that not only is that just media flurry and 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 josh mcdaniel's coming out saying that he's not being traded i'm buying that they're sticking with him as the rb1 and while there may be a little bit of a split he's going to take a damian harris role this year uh for what we saw last year from harris and that he's going to get a big touchdown number may not have all the yards in the world but i think that josh jacobs is going to be just fine he's going in the fourth round right now which i feel like is somewhat of a value for a player that has an upside of rb2 uh to RB one ish in that range, 12 to 15. Um, if, if that's the case, it, it, that's where I, that's where I'm starting to, to lean. Um, anyway, uh, Baker winning the quarterback battle buy or sell. I think this is an easy one. We can go around. I'm going to say buy. Yeah. It's not even buy or sell. It's a straight up fact. It's straight up. fact. Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy it as well. Um, I think that, uh, He's, he's, I don't, it's tough to say. He's not a, I don't think he's a horrendous quarterback by any means. And he should easily beat out Sam Darnold um, without a question. Okay. It, there's a lot of Sam, Sam Darnold truthers out there. So I just wanted to see if anyone was still here. Um, I was, I, so I was at the beginning of last year when I had him in my super flex and he was QB, what QB two or QB three through the first five games because oh, of all those yeah. rushing touchdowns he had. First but five that, games last year, we were all saying Donald Truthers. Yeah, and then that came to fruition real quick. Well, he did separate his shoulder. Which is fair, but, yeah. you know, 
Baker. It is Baker, what it is. Baker kind of did the same thing last year. And, yep. uh, you know, he was not your starting QB, but in a, in a super flex league, you could have started him as your second QB and it wouldn't have right. killed you by any means. Yep. All right. This one, I think, is a very important one. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Does he start as RB1 over Miles Sanders? Everything in camp is starting to suggest so. No. Um, I would sell that he starts the season as RB1 in regular season game one over Sanders. That being said, will he have a larger workload? Very possibly. Um, He will handle all the receiving work. I mean, I think that's a foregone conclusion at this point. He, He beat him in that category last year. And then Sanders just got all the running work. But from what we saw out of Gainwell last season, I think his versatility and flexibility fits the Sirianni offense a lot better than Miles Sanders does. And that's his guy. You know, he went and drafted Gainwell himself. So uh, I would just say immediately week one, no, he doesn't. But at some point in the season, I think it's well within the realm of possibility that he usurps him. Is that, am I playing too much on the fence there? Yes, you are. Sorry. I'll just sell it. (laughs) You can sell it. I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with exactly what you said. Um, I think you got to, you got to at least give Miles Sanders the look at the beginning to see if last year was a fluke or not with, because I mean, I had high, high hopes for Miles Sanders last year um, and it just didn't pan out. Um, I still think he can do it, but Kenneth Gainwell showed that he could do it last year. So it gets to a point where, you know, next man up, if you can't do it, we'll get somebody else that can. Yeah, and Sanders has had a bad case of the yips for a while now. He just forgot how to catch, and that used to be his bread and butter. So, I don't know. Something in the water. I mean, him and CEH are sharing water bottles or something. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Not drinking Michael's special stuff. <laughs> Michael's special stuff. Um, you'll have to elaborately, elaborate on that later. Space Jam. Um, Space Jam. Come son on, of man. a bitch. Oh, all right. I thought you were talking about your special stuff for a second. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. We're trying to keep this PG for the most part, okay? Uh, for the kids. All right. I uh, I buy it. I buy Kenneth Gainwell taking over Miles Sanders this year. I, I buy it before the season starts. Uh, I love it. So, I, I hope you're right because I love Gainwell, and I have a lot of shares of him in many yeah, places. Yeah, absolutely. He's, see, he I has, have shares of Miles Sanders, so I hope you're dead wrong. <laughs> uh, I see where your priorities lie. Um, <laughs> I, he had 50 targets last year on half the work. Not even less than half the work Um, and then uh, 70 rushing attempts with 4.3 yards per carry. So with five touchdowns, mind you um, on just the 70 attempts. So I do think that Kenneth Gainwell takes a step up over Miles Sanders this season. Um, And then last, uh, this one, we can just breeze over. It's, it's not too, too important. I think the guy is going to get some work. Um, Nico Collins is turning head. In, um, in in Houston uh, this this preseason, taking big steps forward. I want to pose this. Do you buy Nico Collins being a wide receiver three? Yes. On the season, yes, 100%. Cool. Yep. I like same. that. Yep, I like same. that. That's So that means he's being very underdrafted. Because, oh, yeah. <laughs> because if he's going to be a wide receiver three, we're talking about a guy – Jeez, uh, I just 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 trying to go through the uh, ADP calculator, and I don't even have him on here. He might I just think be... people are, are criminally sleeping on Davis Mills as well, who had a fine season last year in a very tumultuous and shaky landscape at the quarterback position for Houston, with not a lot of offensive weapons going around there. So, I think that you see Davis Mills take a step, and in that happening, you see Nico Collins take a big step, and. 
I think that whole offense is is primed for a lot of of positive improvement. So uh, I don't well, know, that's just kind of my take on it. He's wide receiver too in Houston right now, right? Yeah, you think? Mm-hmm. I would think so. Yeah. Depend. Well, oh yeah, because I was going to say, unfortunately, John Mechie won't be there for the season, so that's one less guy for him to compete with. I mean, it's a sad situation, but it's good for him. Guys, I've gone this list. I don't go Nico Collins even being drafted right no now. No way. This and it doesn't make sense. But I, I have gone up and down this ADP calculator, and, and it ends at Jamison Crowder in the fourteenth. Same with Michael Hardman. So, like, right? If you're taking Jamison Crowder over Nico Collins, you need to turn in your fantasy football license because you're you're drunk. Yes, yes. Well, this is this is calculated over all the past drafts that are uh, in from July thirtieth to August 9th. Four thousand, which is also drafts. banana land because most of those drafts should be dynasty drafts. So Nico should have even more value than a Jamison Crowder or. Well, not Michael Harmon necessarily, but, you know, any of those old guys. Yeah. All right. We All are right. going to get into the divisions. Corey, take it over. Yeah. As we told you at the top of the pod, we got the NFC East coming your way. We'll go uh, worst record to best record. So we're going to start with the New York football giants who have looked miserable in camp. Daniel Jones hasn't. I don't even know if he's completed a pass yet. That's hyperbole, <laughs> but it could be true. Um, last year, they went four and 13, which... Uh, did not improve on their previous season where they were six and 10. They ranked near the bottom in all relevant categories, 31st in points scored, which is the same rank as the year before 31st in passing yards, 24th in rushing yards, 23rd in defensive points against 15th in passing yards allowed. So that's, that's their, their bright spot, which is a middle of the pack finish in passing yards allowed. And that's probably because teams are blowing them out and didn't even have to throw the ball and then rushing yards allowed 25th. So they just the only way to put it is they were a bad team and they haven't done much to get better. So you've got Daniel Jones last year who only played in 11 games. He was he was dinged up a bit. Uh, Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm all came into uh, for a little bit of relief, but they couldn't really put it together either. Daniel Jones hovered around 65, just short, just shy of 65 percent completion percentage. That's not going to get it done when you're only throwing for 2,400 yards, won 10 touchdowns and seven picks. That touchdown to interception ratio is also pathetic. However, he's got really nobody breathing down his neck uh, in the fact that Mike Lennon had four touchdowns and 10 picks on his own. They did bring in Tyrod Taylor, which, you know, we've seen him stab uh, Justin Herbert in the chest to get a a few more snaps. So I'd be on the lookout for that if I'm Danny Dimes. But uh, short of that, I mean, there's just not a lot of positive positivity coming out of New York right now. until you look at the running back room, which is where you're going to see the glimmer of hope. And everybody's saying, again, we hear this every year, Saquon looks like a beast in camp. And I'll ask you guys what you think about that. Uh, that we could do a buy or sell on that one. Saquon Barkley uh, plays over under 10 games this year. Under. Yeah. I'm going to go I'm gonna go over for the sake of the fact that I just it needs to happen or else he's out it, of the league. It totally does. And I bet he does look like a beast in camp this year. However, he looks like a beast in camp every single year. He just goes out and immediately shreds an ankle or shreds a knee or shreds a hammy. And I don't know, dude, I just think those legs are too big. Yeah. And again, they've got not a lot of help coming in. So, again, you look at your team, you're four and ten. Um, that doesn't add up four and 13, rather, sorry, four and 13. And you struggled with a healthy running back. I mean, he only missed four games. So that's good for him, but he didn't really produce. So you brought in Matt Breida, 
whoop-de-doo, Matt Breida hasn't done anything in like six years. Then that's the only running back you bring in. And then on the flip side, you struggled in the passing game, but you let Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, and I guess Dante Pettis all leave. Now, do I think Evan Ingram is a world beater? No, but is he better than Ricky Seals-Jones and Jordan Aikens, who you brought in to replace him? Probably, and Kyle Rudolph definitely is in the red zone. So it's just another year of me being abundantly confused by the Giants' maneuvers, and I don't get it. I guess the only thing I do agree with is they hired Brian Dayball from the Bills. Maybe he can coach up Daniel Jones. He did it with Josh Allen. I guess that's what you're pinning your hopes to if you're a Giants fan. I would agree. Um, See, here's the that's the (coughs) thing, right? So Daniel Jones is not the answer. I don't think that anyone can really believe in that, except unless you're a Giants fan. Um, Which I don't even think they do at this point anymore. Yeah, or a weird Jones truther. Um, But you're right. I don't think that they do, and I don't think that that anyone should. Uh, They brought in Tyrod, and I think that he's going to be breathing down the neck. I don't think Brian Dable is the type of guy that's going to want to tank year one for a quarterback. I think he's going to want to take this team and be a winning coach right away. I don't think it's just in his DNA. Um, Now, did they work together in Buffalo? they have any overlap? They have overlap. Absolutely, they do. Um, The other other thing is, is realistically, talking about tanking for a quarterback at 4-13, and I wouldn't necessarily – you know, usually when you tank, you go for one win or two wins to ensure that you have the first pick, but – the draft class coming up is full of QBs. So there's there's a higher number of QBs that are expected to go early. There than are. Usual. There are, but listen to this. You have Mitchell Trubisky and Marcus Mariota starting for teams this year. This is this is a very, very low. Yeah, like the number of quarterbacks yeah. in the league right now are low. Well, at this so, point, do you maybe try and consider like seeing if you could get um Jimmy G? Or is it even worth I, it at that aspect? So we got fooled. Last, I got fooled uh, two weeks ago about a fake news report that Jimmy G got sent over to the Giants. And it I did. It was so for like a fourth and sense. a fifth or something, wasn't it? It was, it was two seconds, but um, which Ooh. I should have I should have known that that was too too high. But it was it makes a lot of sense because the offense that Brian Dayball is going to run is the same offense that Jimmy G comes from. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot of 11 personnel and it, it's going to have a lot of, you know, zone, um, you know, read option kind of things. And it's just something that he's used to. So it just, it would make sense for them to go, to go that route. Um, but we have the team that we have, so we have to piece it together. And in fantasy football terms, if, you know, when we see Daniel Jones as week one starter, I, 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 I have a hard time buying into anyone on this team outside of Saquon because it is week one and he will play hopefully. Um, Cool. So you get him for one week. Right. (laughs) And so the question I would pose to you in a two quarterback league, would you even consider drafting Daniel Jones? I do not. No, neither would I. Uh, Not, not normally. It depends though. Are you that guy that tries to wait and see what you can get? Cause you might be stuck with him. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't draft him by uh, choice. I, I would draft him out of I have to if I, I would I would play. say in my uh miserable time last year after Jameis Winston had gotten hurt, um you, you need two quarterbacks in a two quarterback league. You That's need two quarterbacks advice. in the first five. Rounds. No, you need you need yeah, you need three quarterbacks in a two quarterback yeah, need, league, realistically. But what I'm saying is you need two really good quarterbacks. Like, in order like you can have wide receiver ones and twos all over the place. But unless you have two good quarterbacks, you're losing. You're losing now, my, now my next question is looking at this roster, who is fantasy relevant? Realistically, I see two guys on this entire roster that I would even consider drafting. Yeah, I would take Saquon. I Saquon would, and Tony. 
Tony, I would handcuff Booker if I had Barkley, but that's I just question, a handcuff. I question Tony a little bit because of what Wandale Robinson brings to the table is very similar, and the talk of Tony being traded at a certain point around the draft this past year. So it's like, do we really believe? I think that it would make sense to have Tony and Robinson on the field at the same time, but what if they spell each other? You know, what if what if they don't get the playing time because they're they're working? you know, against each other for fantasy. Um, That, that gives me pause, gives me hesitation. Um, One guy, Sterling Shepard will always find his way onto the field. So uh, you you have to watch out for him. Um, Seven games last season. Yeah. yeah, Well, he he does always, he does, he does get hurt, but But the seven seven games that he plays, he'll drop you 12, 13 points a game. Yeah. Yeah. But even last year I was paced for over 120 targets for him. If you really look at it. Yeah. But last year I was like miserably disappointed in Darius Slayton after a strong yep, showing same. two years yep. ago. Kenny, Kenny Holiday hasn't yep. done anything since uh, it's joining. It's because Daniel Jones cannot get the ball down the field accurately, and those guys are sideline guys. And yeah. regardless of the fact that they may not be burners, they just are further away from the pocket. <laughs> you it's, know, it's just an absolute shame that Kenny Galladay was like. Oh, as soon as he gets out of Detroit, he's going to be a stud. He's a stud in Detroit with Matthew Stafford. It's just their team sucks. And he gets out of Detroit and nothing. Yep. Well, he chose no. Daniel Jones as his quarterback, so I, I don't feel for him. At yeah, all. Well, no sympathy coming this way. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, I'm going to move on to the next worst team in this Go division. On. We got the Washington Commanders, who finally have a name. That's fun. Uh, they kind of take a lateral move in their record this season. They go from seven and nine the previous year to seven and 10 in 2021. Uh, they struggled, but you're going to struggle when you don't have the quarterback that you played your whole offseason with. Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously went down in week one and that kind of hamstrung them from the beginning. Taylor Heineke, who was the darling from two years ago in the, uh, I don't know if it was the playoffs, but whatever it was late in the season, uh, he comes in, he filled in valiantly. I mean, he did his best, but he's, not their guy in Washington knew that. And they come in and they bring in Carson Wentz. So everybody goes back to the Carson Wentz conversations that we have every year when he joins a new team. And he said, well, in 2000, whatever the fuck, he was an MVP candidate. <laughs> Two games away from winning MVP. Yeah. And who cares, really, is my, is my take on it, right? So that's a different team. It's a different situation. What I look at is the team that he's on now, and that is Riverboat Ron Rivera's team that has not produced a great quarterback since Cam Newton had a great season all those years ago. So I'm worried about the Carson Wentz hype. I'm worried about the Carson Wentz performance. I'm worried about everything. But what we do know is that it is his team, and he's going to be on the field. And as long as he's not hurt, he's a startable quarterback, at least in two quarterback formats, and has probably quarterback one upside with the talent that surrounds him on this team. You've got... Terry McLaurin, who's been a quarterback away from probably having a breakout season his whole career. So this could be the year for him. I'll buy into the Terry McLaurin hype before I buy into the Carson Wentz hype. You've got Jahan Dotson, who is touted as one of the best receivers coming out of this class, even though he slipped down on the draft a bit. And then you've got Antonio Gibson and a slew of other running backs, J.D. McKissick, Brian Robinson, who was drafted this year, Jared Patterson still hanging around. All of these guys are poised to contribute. And I think a lot of people forget that Curtis Samuel is still on the team because he didn't really do anything last year because he was hurt the whole damn time. Same but, thing with Logan Thomas. Yep, Logan Thomas is uh, supposedly close to being back on the field. So there's a lot of upside for this offense, and their 7-10 and 10 record from a season ago isn't quite indicative of what I think their upside is. But 
they need a lot of improvement on all of their stats from last year. I mean, 23rd in offensive points scored isn't going to get it done. Passing yards, bottom of the barrel. Rushing, they did fine, but that's mostly on the back of a few huge Antonio Gibson games, and you can't necessarily expect those. And then what their strength was from a, two seasons back was their defense, and they dropped drastically. They dropped 21, point, or 21 positions in defensive points against to rank 25th in the league. After a year ago, they were fourth. And then passing yards allowed, they were second two years back, and this year they were 29th. So you look at all of this wrapped together in some sort of ball of, am I going to buy into this team? And I don't know that you can. It's There are guys that you have to kind of the similar to the, to the Giants, right? There are guys you have to have. Antonio Gibson has to be on a team. He's a back end of the first round draft pick, maybe early second round draft pick. Carson Wentz is a, a late. Let me stop snag. you. Yes, go ahead. Let Sorry. me stop you. Do you do you buy that Brian Robinson is going to be an issue for him, Antonio Gibson? No. So I've seen those stories about Brian Robinson is a bigger body. He can do the goal line work. Uh, Antonio Gibson's not going to get the touchdowns. Blah 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 blah. We have seen year after year after year in the NFL that rookie running backs struggle on the goal line. I don't care who they are. That's almost a universal truth, unless you're talking about the supremely elite upper echelon backs. Brian Robinson, love the guy. He's not that. He is not Adrian Peterson reincarnated. He is not Ezekiel Elliott. So you're going to stick with the veteran who can handle it on the backfield. And quite honestly, a lot of the time, they're going to have J.D. McKissick out there because he's such a threat in the, in the passing attack. So, so so hearing that, let me ask you a question about Brees Hall then. Mm. Brees Hall, what about him? He's going to steal touchdowns from Michael Carter? Uh, you think he's going to be that goal line guy? Or do you think he's going to struggle? he would be more prone to being that goal line guy because of a lack of anybody else who can do it on that team. That being said, Michael Carter did a stellar job last year on the goal line. Mm -hmm. So I think that they're more comparable than is Brian Robinson to Antonio Gibson. There's a lot larger gap between their talents than Michael Carter and Brees Hall, who I think are very close. Now, I think, I think looking at this part of the problem with the commanders, which it might help, um, with Carson Wentz there instead of Heineke. Do you guys see that target share right now? You got 130 for targets for Terry McLaurin, and then the next two after that are Gibson and McKissick, who are both running backs. Yeah. So realistically, in my opinion, Deami Brown needs to step up. Cam Sims needs to step up. And realistically, if Curtis Samuel does actually get on the field this year, this offense has the ability – if Carson Wentz doesn't suck, this offense has the ability to have that season that pushes them to maybe make a push for the division. Like yeah, it, 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 it's a stretch, but realistically, let's say Curtis Samuel gets on the field. He has 60, 70 targets. Terry McLaurin has his 130 per usual. I mean, it's, it's a possibility, especially if Logan Thomas comes back and he can be healthy. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that having a quarterback like Carson Wentz over Taylor Heineke might help push this team to the next level if they can get some help for Terry McLaurin. Because, I mean, 130 targets, that's all well and good. But your next two target leaders after that are both of your running backs. And to be quite honest with you, that's ridiculously unacceptable. So, Moe, scroll down to the departing free agents. You'll see DeAndre Carter and Ricky Seals-Jones and Adam Humphreys. Those guys are in the mix for your target leaders but they're all gone off the team. They're just down in that lower section. Yeah, exactly. But, so that's but the thing. Again, they're, they're gone. And then the guys you named, Curtis Samuel, 
Deami Brown. Those are the guys that should eat those 155 targets, and they're better than those guys. I mean, Adam Humphreys is a shell of himself. DeAndre Carter is like a career special teamer. Ricky Seals-Jones was fine. I don't want to hate on him too hard, but Logan Thomas is better than him. So those Again, are okay, those. So- that's the talent difference, right? And so you bring better talent back to the field plus a better quarterback. I'm getting happy, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, realistically, all right, so you can bump two and three for the running backs down to three and four because Adam Humphreys for the 62. But again, having 50 targets out of the each out of each running back. I mean, yeah, it's good to have 50 targets out of each running back. It it opens up possibilities. You never know, you know, Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick could each catch a ball at any time. However, on the field, you're, you're doubling Terry McLaurin all day. Yeah. So he had 130 targets. Yeah. But he only had 77 catches. Right. And then you have to think about what happened with those receptions to the running backs. Were they planned or was it panic? Did Tyler Henneke say, I'm just getting rid of this ball because I don't want to take a sack. And he gained two yards. When you look at what they tried to do last year with the start of having Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback there prior to his hip injury and what they've brought in with Carson Wentz, who should be a big play kind of quarterback. This is where I think Washington wanted to have Curtis Samuel thrive as a deep threat guy. And since his injury as well, they brought in Jahan Dotson as a deep threat guy. I think what they're trying to do this year is very similar to what they did last year, just backing up those players with, you know, actual, you know, competent people to come in and replace them in case anything happens. While, yes, there was a lot of injuries, Logan Thomas and things like that. Um, and Curtis Samuel, the, this year, I, I see the same excitement that I saw when Ryan Fitzpatrick was supposed to start at quarterback. They want to get the ball downfield and they want to open up the areas so that the running backs can get their work and get the safeties off and the linebackers push back so that they can have McKissick and Gibson get this work. They, with these targets that they saw last year, they tried to do that with not as good of production or skilled position players to push those safeties downfield. So I think in my opinion, you look at what excitement we had last year and I have the same excitement this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I had them as my dark horse to win the Super Bowl. I had them in the Broncos and I was wrong on both monstrously. Now I got to ask one more question here before we move on. Taylor Heineke last year. 20 TDs, 15 interceptions. Carson Wentz last year on a better team, mind you, 27 and seven. Do you think Carson Wentz keeping that roughly 27 and seven, 30 and 10 type of aspect on this team a possibility, or does it lean more towards Taylor Heineke's 20 and 15, 22 and 14 or whatever, because of the lack of help that he has? trying to force the ball in there. I think we've seen Carson Wentz force the ball quite a bit over the course of his career. But even with that being said, he's been consistently around that, that split that you just mentioned, 27 and seven a year ago in Philly, he was 16, 15, but then the year before 27 and seven, then 21 and seven, then 33 and seven. So I think he, he trends more that direction, even in, you know, shifting scenarios where he's on a different team in different offenses, yada, yada, yada. I think that he can continuously uh, perform at a level that is a sizable, you know, 20 or so difference gap in his touchdown to interceptions, which is what you want to see, you know, a gulf of about 20 in there. If you throw 30 touchdowns, you can throw 10 picks and I won't be pissed. 
let me put it this way about how I feel about Carson Wentz. He's great for fantasy football as a owner of his wide receivers. This is why he has a lot of people in the past that are big truthers of his. And he's not like Jalen Hurts, who's a good fantasy quarterback, but doesn't help his wide receivers. Or he's not like Tua, who, you know, well, he's not really great at anything, but, <laughs> but, but was, the there, there are out. good fantasy quarterbacks there are that are bad at, at NFL football. Um, and I think he fits that mold, but not for himself, but for the players around him. So I take it. I take this as an upgrade for the wide receivers and the rest of this team. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I was going to say there's one other guy. I can't find him right now. Oh, Sam Howell. Think there's any chance if Wentz struggles, Sam Howell sees the field this year, or they just plow through and go Wentz Heineke? I mean, there's always a chance. <laughs> Wentz, Wentz has had an injury history too. Well, it, de- well, it depends. So, who are they playing this year? What what division are they playing this year? Uh, that's a great question. Don't put me on the spot. We we have uh, we had it. Um, not sure at the moment. Well, so the other thing is realistically, let's say Carson Wentz struggles, and then they got the New York football giants next week. I think it's, you can put him in a spot like that. However, if you, <clears throat> depending on who they play, they play the course, AFC South. Okay. So realistically, yeah, yeah, I do. I think, I think there's a chance because if Carson went strong, so the, what the AFC South is Houston, Jacksonville. Indy, yeah. Indy. Indy. Yeah. So realistically, if, if Carson went struggles and then you got somebody like, Houston or Jacksonville up next on the schedule or the New York football giants. I think it's a possibility that, that they throw them out there and Hey kid, let me see what you got. Why can't I think of last name? Houston, Indy, Jacksonville. Titans, Tennessee. Boom. Got it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't throw them out there against Tennessee, but that's just nah, me. That was going to bug me. All right. Let's move the, uh, the conversation over to the Philadelphia Eagles, the city of brotherly love and throwing batteries at Santa Claus. Uh, they went nine and eight last year after previously having gone four and 11 the previous season and really uh, market approve- improvement across the board. They increased their points scored on offense from 14th in the league to 12th at 444 total points. They uh, went up in passing yards, even though they're still bottom third of the league at number 25. And then surprisingly to me, they were number one in total rushing yards in the NFL which is eight spots up from the season before. And I thought about it a little more. I was like, hey, you know what? Jalen Hurts runs the ball like a son of a gun. So it makes Led the team. Kind of a lot of sense. Exactly. Um, defensive points against, they increased by two spots, only allowed 385. And they added a lot of pieces on defense in the draft that we won't really talk about. But that's going to be a big, big factor in them keeping their offense on the field even more this season coming. Um, passing yards allowed, they were down to 11th in the league, which is great. And then ninth in the league in rushing yards allowed, which – I expect to even be lower this year with uh, Jordan Davis joining joining the squad. So everything with the Eagles is pointing up. Sirianni in his first season, yeah, first season, looked fantastic. Uh, Shane Steichen Steichen is the second-year OC in Philly, and he comes from uh, the Chargers where he was, I want to say, an offensive coordinator over there. So pretty good system for Jalen Hurts to be in. He seems to be learning pretty well from the new coaching regime. Uh, I'm guessing they're pretty happy. They moved on from Carson Wentz and they, you know, they're kind of poised to strike this year with a good group around them. And the big ad, I guess I've, I've kind of buried the lead to this point. The big addition for them this season or this offseason is AJ Brown 
And I mean, he's going to look to make an impact from day one alongside Devonte Smith and maybe Jalen Rieger, who really knows who, who takes the third role there. Quez Watkins improved mightily last season. You still got to expect Goddard. more improvement out of him too. Yeah. Quez Watkins is a guy like I'm super hot on. I might even make him my sleeper of the year. I haven't decided quite yet on that, but he's in the, he's in the conversation for that because he's a guy that could have a huge, huge year. If Jalen hurts can improve as a passer. We know what Jalen Hurts can do with his legs. I'm a little bit more concerned about him improving on a 61% completion percentage. I'd like to see him complete a lot more passes off of 432 attempts. He only completed 265 and 16 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Is that that scary range you don't want to be in all the time? So um, I will say, though, that his yards per attempt is not low, which is which yep. is something of of note, because usually bad quarterbacks have are in the sixes for yards per attempt. And he's over it at seven point three. So, yeah, I so think my, he's benefiting from kind of the, the more versatile athletes he has on his team. Like Devontae Smith can catch a ball and take it right away. Twenty yards. Easy. So. But hey, that's that's what you're supposed to do. He, somebody has to throw it to him. and Somebody has got to catch it. So can't knock okay. Hurts for doing his job. Now, the next question is. If they go nine and eight again with this draft class coming in, do you consider maybe taking a look at a separate quarterback? Given the fact, look, we've we've seen it from Jalen Hurts is you know serviceable NFL quarterback, way better at fantasy than in real life. However, we've seen it from the Ravens that you know with Lamar Jackson you cannot be having that man run for a thousand yards a year it's just not going to work out something's going to happen Jalen Hurts led the team in rushing attempts led the team in rushing yards and led the team in rushing touchdowns and for the longevity purpose of a quarterback especially to go nine and eight it's not like they went you know 12 and five and he did that it's one of those things where is it really worth it to keep somebody like that around if he can't really throw the ball accurately and they go nine and eight, even though he's a stat stuffer on the ground, you can't, I, I, I don't see how you can continue to give that man 130, 140 rushing attempts a year and have him stay healthy. I would no. agree. I'd want something a little bit different in my quarterback, but this is some of the styles that some of them are trying to make. And for this year for fantasy, I mean, this is what we've got, you know, like I agree that in the future, I think that this is something that they could take a look at, maybe bring something in, but for, for fantasy purposes, this season in 2022, um, you know, he's going to be great. And, and I think that he's a, he's a viable player, you know? Yeah. My, my redraft, grade or stock on him is still high but dynasty i'm a lot lower i just for sure, don't for i sure. don't think he has the longevity like like mike said if you come out and you go nine and eight again you look at this team and you say we've gotten everything we can out of jalen hurts which is unfortunate but at some point you just want to make a change and then sirianni starts thinking about himself and goes well nine and eight's not going to keep me as head coach of the philadelphia eagles and i like being here so if you've got a stack draft class Maybe you try to trade up and figure out a way to get one of these quarterbacks if you need to. But if they come out and go 12 wins, win the division, maybe a wild card position, and they make a run in playoffs, I think you stick with Hurts. I think it's tough to make a move at that point. And I do think they've got a real shot at, I mean, two wins against the Giants should be easy, but you know how this NFC East goes. It's always a dogfight. Two wins against the Commanders is definitely doable. Splitting with the Cowboys is probably realistic. And then you go play the AFC South where you got, you know, three, three wins there. 
I, I mean, they, they could be right, right in that realm of 10 wins just from the easy ones that I'm thinking of off the top of my head. So I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, at the top of the podcast, we already talked about Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gadenwell, so I don't want to rehash that argument, but they're both still there. They didn't really bring a lot of people in, and they don't have a lot of vacated. They actually don't have any vacated targets or rushing attempts, which I found to be absolutely ludicrous, but I scoured the globe to find people. And really, the only guy that left was Zach Ertz, but he left in the middle of the season, so I couldn't really They still have Jordan Howard? Yeah, he's still on the roster. Believe that. Wow. I don't know if he's – I shouldn't say he's on the roster, but he's – Oh, he's on he's this a, roster. Yeah, he's he's at he's on this camp. roster. He's literally at training camp. So oh, okay. that means he's on the roster for the time being. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then they brought in, I should mention they brought in Zach Pascal, who's been a serviceable wide receiver across the NFL for a while, but I don't think he moves the needle a lot for a lot of people. So I'm I thought that him. I might have heard he's hurt right now. Like not with a small not with a small injury, but something significant. Classic. I mean, how uh, many mouths to feed over there at this point? He got Devontae food Smith, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager. Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, Zach Pascal, AJ. I mean, that's – I don't think Zach Pascal sees the field all that much, to be honest with you. No. No. And like you're – so I think huh? be all right. He had food poisoning, so I think he'll be all right. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, uh, no, he's he's down for the count for the year. Um, <laughs> food poisoning. Uh, Nikhil Harry. He, uh, so, hold on. It was a chicken quesadilla. Landed him in the hospital for four days. No way. Dude. That's what it says right on uh, the website, philadelphiaeagles.com. Ew. That's imagine imagine if it was a dilla. <laughs> Napoleon. Imagine if it was a Philly, Philly cheesesteak. Oh. <laughs> he would have been screwed. Oh. Laughed right out of the building. Fans um, <laughs> already. So AJ Brown, so with your point, it, it, Mike, it, it's so scary to want to get in on a, on a wide receiver for the Eagles right now, including AJ Brown. Um, because not only is there a lot of mouths to feed, there's there's a quarterback that doesn't really throw that much. So what do we, what do we really think? Like I'm in the boat that I don't know how many people have AJ Brown as a wide receiver one right now, but I don't know if he sniffs it. Like, I don't know if he even breaks past mid wide receiver two. Yeah. I mean, so AJ Brown, we have seen is a home run hitter and Jalen hurts. We know has a cannon and he can throw on the run. So I think he's got a lot of upside. But those boomer bus guys don't always end up in wide receiver one territory. And I should really rephrase that and say they rarely end up in wide receiver one territory. He's not Tyreek Hill. So I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd project AJ Brown closer to that wide receiver 13 to 15. And I think that's the best I'm going to give him. Don't quote the, my rankings. I think if there was one upside to it, he is the biggest target besides Dallas Goddard on the field in the red zone. So if you are trying to limit the amount of times that Jalen Hurts does run the ball, um, I think Quez Watkins is going to be more of the field stretcher this year with his speed. And I think um, A.J. Brown could be more of the intermediate out route type of aspect on it. Um, But that's if Jalen Jalen Hurts can get him the ball. He's going to have, you know, A.J. Brown is not getting doubled left and right this year like he has been on Tennessee. Um, they're going to have to cover Devontae Smith. They're going to, you, you are going to have to cover Quez Watkins. Cause I'll tell you right now, if you leave him open, he will make you pay for it. I definitely, I'm with you on that, Corey. I'm hot on Quez Watkins this year. I think he's going to have a good year. Um, and then you got Dallas Goddard. So you can't really, 
be doubling people left and right on this offense because you do have people that will make you pay for it if the quarterback can hit them. Right. All right. I want to get to the cream of the crop, the most fun team in the division. Well, it's America's franchise. America's franchise. I hate that people even talk about it being America's franchise. Um, but Dallas Cowboys, how about them Cowboys, them boys? Uh, they went 12 and five, improving off a six and 10 record the previous season. So they're happy. They led the league in points scored, which was 16 positions higher. They scored 530 points. They were ranked third in passing yards, ninth in rushing yards. Their defense was also solid in, as far as points against, but as when it comes to yards, they were getting torched. It was specifically Trayvon Diggs. I'm looking at you and rushing yards allowed. I was kind of shocked. They're middle of the packet, literally middle of the packet, 16th. So um, I did thought we they see been that, that. Did we? Did you see that Trayvon Diggs deleted his Twitter? Yes. I mean, After he was getting, getting burned all day at practice. Yeah, I mean, you, you hear a lot of ex-NFL guys say, you don't get all those interception numbers unless quarterbacks are throwing your way. And why do quarterbacks throw your way? You're not that good. So, good for him. Um, I'll still draft him as an IDP cornerback. Uh, oh, but, but Madden, had, Madden has him as like an 82. Oh, classic Madden. But he's pro football focus as 109th cornerback. <laughs> That's because the uh, the uh, developers of Madden are big Cowboy fans. I don't know if you ever heard that conspiracy theory, but I digress. Um, uh, um, so I'm sorry. I gotta I gotta do it. I have to do it. Zeke or Tony Pollard? Zeke easily. Oh, so I like that you brought it up first. I, I had I, to, dude. I had to. I like Zeke still as the RB one here, right? He's not going to go away. However, we have seen what Tony Pollard can do over the first, I don't know if this is the third season or fourth season, but it's like, he's been slowly crawling up this ladder to the top of like, you know, the, the, the hill. And he, he's got to break out in some sort of way. And I don't think it's all strictly just going to be on the ground, even though he had 700 rushing yards last year, average five and a half carries. This year, I think it's a lot in the receiving game with the issues they're having right now at wide receiver. James yeah, they've Washington. already said they've already said he's going to get a lot of reps at wide receiver because everybody's hurt. Right, and and I think that they were even planning on it prior to the Washington injury. You know, is that like Gallup was hurt, and you know Tolbert? I do like Jalen Tolbert. He could probably be someone that could help out. But I think that Tony Pollard is going to be on the field in the 80 to 90% of the time range, even with Zeke out there. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't deny that Tony Pollard has carved out a role. I mean, to, to try to argue that would be foolish, but the people that are saying I'll take Tony Pollard over, you know, Zeke Elliott as the RB one in Dallas. I'm like, no, you know, stats. Yeah. No, Zeke, like, is Zeke still Elliott was banged up last year, had surgery as soon as the season ended, like multiple surgeries to heal up. And he was still the RB six last year compared to a healthy Tony Pollard, who was the RB 28. So catching work, receiving work, running work, whatever, however you want to slice it, 700 yards, great, all that stuff. If he couldn't overtake Zeke last year, he's not going to do it this year. And I know yeah, neither no, of you made that argument, but he won't say that because... to all the people thinking that. And he and, and Zeke Elliott even out-targeted him and re- out-received him last year. So Yeah, he's going to be the main back. You know, yeah. He'll be the main back. He's right. just going to have... He's going to have a role, you know, in some other way. I think you buy both of them. Um, 100%. If, if you buy Zeke, you have to buy Tony. But that's like, you have to have both. He's had, he's had over a thousand all-purpose yards every single year of his career. Mm. You don't, that that's 
unfathomable. Like that doesn't happen usually. I mean, we're talking a guy that has missed some time, you know, and, and he still, still happens to do it. Yeah. And the, the thing is with Zeke, even when he's hurt, he is an elite pass protector for his quarterback. So yep. they want him out there. Not that Tony Pollard isn't good, but Zeke is top tier. Like if you watch the Cowboys um, hard knocks last year, that's all they talked about. They're like, this guy's out there picking the blocks. He'll pick up a D lineman. No problem. And he's big enough to do it. I mean, he wears down because of it, but he's big enough to do it. So, um, but yeah, to, to circle back to answer your question, Zeke, easy, easy money. Yeah. But sorry I'll to take Tony Pollard in any team. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I just, I had to do it because that is, that is a hot, hot topic. These it is. Days. I'm also just yeah, going to buy Ryan Nall. I think he's going to be really good. Was he the guy from Hard Knocks? Yes. Yeah, I loved, I loved, uh, I loved that kid. Um, so the, but the best part about Zeke this year, I find, is that his ADP is absolutely atrocious. Uh, it's like right in the third round where the guy used to be a first round pick. So <laughs> I took him one. Po- I took him one four last year. Yeah to, yeah. to me, this year I'll still take him top. I don't know. I'd say top seven. If he's hanging out there, depending on where the wide receivers go and whatnot, I'd probably I'd rather take Jay. Well, the thing is, is this year you won't have to. I mean, you you're in leagues with a little bit uh, more smarter people, but I feel like there's 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 people out there, there's leagues out there that they let this guy sit for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, the if average he's is, out the second third round boom, mine. Yeah, he's his his not high second, is not even second third. If he's in the second round and I have a chance to take him, I'm taking him, no doubt right. about it. Yeah, his yeah. high is one eleven. His low is 309. 309? That's yeah. silly. I can't That's believe he even made it that far. Let me, but how many Cowboys fans are in that, in that league? Because <laughs> right. you, you ask any Cowboys They're all fan Commanders right now, fans. <laughs> yeah, you ask any Cowboy fan right now, and then Tony Pollard is the guy. Yeah, the Cowboys fans are notoriously delusional. Shot, shot at all Cowboys fans. Sorry, guys. Um, all right, let's move on to the wide receivers. Obviously, CD Lamb, you're buying and you're buying probably early. So let me ask you that: Where do you buy CD Lamb in the draft? Back end of the first round. I have CD Lamb as a top five wide receiver this year. So if I have to, and I see that I want to go wide receiver towards the end, I have no qualms going wide receiver in the first round with CD Lamb. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think he has tremendous upside, especially with the Gallup injury. We don't know when he's going to be back. And knowing what he did last year, 100, what, 20 targets? Yeah, 120 targets, 79 catches, over 1,100 yards. Yeah, and that's where he was wide receiver two behind Amari Cooper. Now he's got the job. Right. But we have also seen it backfire on the aspect of there's only one man. You know, you only have one side of the field at that point. Yep. I think that could work both ways. However, I agree with you. If if I got pick 111 or pick 112 and he's sitting there, there's a decent chance I'm taking him. Right, especially there's, when your other options are dicier running backs that you know have have burned you before, like uh, right. Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. <laughs> <laughs> we feel the same way about Joe Mixon, yeah. and he's paid off once, and it was last year. <laughs> right, the year probably many Joe Mixon guys didn't draft him. I got uh, him. I had to take him in the third round, so I have him as a keeper this year in the second. I don't. I had to find out where my pick is, but I'll probably I, keep him there. I literally texted you as I was in the middle of a draft, and I was like, "Man, dude, like." Joe Mixon fell to me late in the second round. Like, I have to take him, right? You have to. Like, I have to take him. I don't so, want to, but I did. So I still feel confident in CeeDee Lamb, even though that he has the job now, because I think that Dalton Schultz still takes away from that because he is so heavily used, and it's someone that, that we'll have to also keep track of with a safety. And it's not something that, you know, you can split the field. Um, and if 
and when Michael Gallup gets back, uh, you know, that's, he's been no slouch, you know? So I think, I think it's going to be just fine. It may, it may be a rough week one or two, depending on what their matchup is, but I think it, I think, I think CD lamb is, he's top five. Yeah. And uh, again, the way the Cowboys offense works off a lot of play action with Dak and, and the running backs, you have that opportunity for CD lamb to be, either uncovered or open or, you know, get a little bit of separation, which is really all he needs. And Dak will hit him. So I look at teams like that and teams that run that sort of uh, play action offense, like the Rams, for example, we'll probably talk with them when we do their division. I want that kind of system because they have the upside when you have these, these crazy wide receivers with immense talent, even if they're covered, the misdirection will get them open enough to make them, you know, absolute dynamite receivers. Um, I think that's really it. I mean, we can will, talk about Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, I will say that uh, I do think that 12 and 5, so like in 11 and 6 or 10 and 7 this year. Yeah, I I'd think say, the, the rest think of so. the division is a little stronger. Yeah, I, mean, I would they, agree. They benefited from the commanders not having a quarterback. Uh, that's well, how the Giants have never had a quarterback. That's <laughs> never going to change. Right. Yeah, I mean, all in all, I'd say, what do you think? Cowboys still favorites to win the division. Eagles breathing down their neck. Commanders would be a dark horse, and the Giants we know are going to suck. Yep. Yeah. Nothing James changes. Washington coming in, though. That might help. Yeah, well, I know he's got a foot injury, but I think he's saying, out. He's yeah. out for he's out for like 10 weeks. Is he that long? I thought I saw yeah, he was practicing. Ooh, yeah, long, yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't see it being that long. Yeah, it's it's long. Oh, yeah. I right, forget what I just right said there. then. I mean, when he comes back, he should be fine. But if it's not him, then that means that Jalen Tolbert has done enough to win the job. So, yeah. And and he was a third round draft pick. And I've I've looked at tape on him. I think he's a fairly decent player. So you know, it's it's. I think Cowboys they gonna be fine because Tony 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 Pollard will be the the guy if all else fails for the wide receiver room. And I mean, let's he's not a huge name, but Simi Fehoko is still there, isn't he? And he was drafted last year. He didn't really do anything, but he's yeah. he can he's a body. Dude, he tur- he torched uh Diggs. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. He's Don't forget about Jeremy Sprinkle. <laughs> sprinkle, sprinkle him in. Sprinkle some crack on him. <laughs> That's a Dave Chappelle quote, everybody. I don't like, endorse doing crack cocaine. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that'll do it for the NFC East. I believe the next one we have coming at you is the NFC North, which will be dropping probably a couple days after this one. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be wrapping up division previews shortly, uh, bringing the draft kit live to you any day now. I think that's nearing completion. And I think that's really going to be it. Uh, Oh, wait, we got to start talking about the listener league. Uh, Everybody's got to get back into that. We want to make sure that you know about our prizes. If you didn't see it on our Instagram, we are giving away a signed Ricky Williams jersey for the old school and a signed Kenneth Walker jersey for the new school, I believe. Yes. So that'll be a little fun blast from the past and then a look to the future. Uh, winner gets it all. We'll throw in some swag from the TSF store, various other items for you, probably some stickers and whatnot. We always have stuff like that laying around we like to give away. So uh, be on the lookout. Start tagging us in Facebook, Instagram. Um, what's the other one? Twitter. All those, all those avenues. Start letting us know you want in. And we'll put your name in the hat, and hopefully we'll draw it, and you'll be in. And then we'll be uh, playing some fantasy football together and giving you some free, free swag. Top Shelf Fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay loose.